here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. We're reading from Luke chapter 14. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. Luke chapter 14, verse 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to Jesus, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have brought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have, brought, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor, the maimed, and the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Okay, so as we read from Luke chapter 14, so here we read a parable where Jesus was sitting at the house of a Pharisee. So it was not just an ordinary settings, you know, usually we see miracles taking place when Jesus used to be in the synagogue. When Jesus used to preach in the synagogue, that's where we see miracles taking place. But now Jesus is seated in the house of a Pharisee. In fact, a leader of the Pharisees, that's what scripture says. So I'm just giving a setting now. So this morning, we are reading from Luke chapter 14, and there is an important message for you and for me. And that message says, your priority decides your destiny. Can you repeat that with me? Your priority decides your destiny. You know, when I opened the scripture, it was just a parable. But I spent few minutes and hours on this word of God. It came out as a message. That's what you're hearing. Your priority decides your destiny. So we're talking about the settings. Jesus went to the house of a leader of a Pharisee on a Sabbath day. Think about Jesus sitting in the house of a Pharisee on a Sunday morning. Jesus was not going to the temple, but instead Jesus chose to be there in the house of a Pharisee. And there was a man sitting in front of Jesus. Bible says he was a man who had a special sickness called dropsy. In the current terms, if you want to say, we can call it as edema. A man who is suffering with an abnormal swelling all over his body. Excess fluid collection, maybe. 
And that man was sitting in front of Jesus. And Jesus was trying to handle the argument there. Because the day being a Sabbath day, Jesus, in fact, was opening that question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus was a little naughty there. Jesus was a little naughty. He was just, you know, putting that, throwing that question for an argument. Is it lawful to heal somebody on the Sabbath? And he healed him. Jesus healed him perfectly. And then he went further. He was talking about humbling ourselves when we are invited for a wedding. Jesus was saying that you just go and sit in the place, in the lowly place. Don't go and sit in the place of honor. Sit in the lowly place. So that if you need to be honored, somebody will come and lift you up to honor you. You know, today at times, you know, we try to take honor on ourselves. We don't wait for God to lift us up. Jesus was teaching very clearly. Very clearly he was telling, take the place that is lowly. And then Jesus talked about this parable of the great supper. One of the men who was seated there, he said, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Blessed is he who eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus opened his mouth with this parable that we read just now. What is the parable all about? The parable says a certain man hosted a supper and he invited many. How many he invited? Many. Many people were invited. The invitation was sent to many people. At the time of the supper, he also sent one of his servants to go and tell everybody that the supper is ready. The supper is ready. He's also sent a reminder. It's something similar to we send an e-wait and you get a reminder the previous day, right? Did you get the reminder? Yes. So the people who are invited, they got a reminder by sending a servant and that servant went and told everybody, supper is ready, just come. But Bible says, but they all together made excuses. They all together made excuses saying, the first one came and told the servant, I have bought a piece of ground. I need to go and see that ground. Second one came and told, I bought a few yokes of five yokes of oxen. I'm going to test them in the field. And the third one came and said, I just got married. I want to spend time with my new wife. Three person came with three different excuses. And the servant came reporting that to the master. And the Bible says the master became angry. Can you say that? Angry? How do you say that when you become angry? Angry. Come on, can I hear from you? No, not that. You don't get angry just like that. I want to see some of the parents getting angry with your children. I have seen. My eyes are very wide open. When you get angry with your children in the church, in your house, I see. Come on, can you do it? Come on, can you do it? No, that's how we go. That's how we go. And I see some of your children's ears are in your hands, getting squished. Right? We do that for our children. Right, Melvin? No, he's a good boy. I've seen, I've seen. And the master got angry. He was really angry. 
And he said, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring here the poor, the maimed, those who got hurt, the lame, those who couldn't walk, and the blind, those who couldn't see. And the servant did exactly, as exactly what the master told. He brought everybody into the supper hall. And the servant said, Master, we still have more room. And the master said, go out into the highway and the hedges and force everybody, compel everybody to come to the supper. And he did so. And the master said, so that Maui, my house will be filled. And finally he said, for I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. You know that the end of the parable was not that great. Jesus said, I invited many, but then they did not come. They had enough excuses to tell. And those who were invited, those who did not come, they are not going to enter into the, they're not going to taste my supper. Jesus talked about the supper, the supper of the Lamb of God. Jesus talked about they are not going to get into heaven. Those who were invited, they did not come. So the end of the parable was not just, not, not just a good ending there. And this morning, I want to talk to you about some of the priorities that we have in our lives. So we talked about the parable right now. And now we talk about the life priorities. Taking over kingdom priority. Life priorities taking over the kingdom priority. Can you take that with me? Can you say that with me? Life priorities taking over kingdom priority. You know, this morning I was just thinking about what is supper? The master invited people for a supper. What does that supper refers to in the biblical context? You know, I realized that the supper refers to an opportunity to have fellowship with the God. Think about supper table. We all sit together in the table. And we also have fellowship with one another during supper. Supper also means it is an opportunity to hear the word. Bread, breaking bread, sharing bread refers to the word of God. It's an opportunity to hear God's word. Supper also means taking time to prepare ourselves to take part in the Holy Communion. Supper of the Lamb of God. Now, whenever I see people, I tell them, don't miss Communion Sunday. I don't know how many of you did not take Communion last Sunday. I feel sorry for you. Don't miss Communion Sunday. You need to be here in the house of the Lord on the day of the Communion. We don't know how, we don't know how many more Communions we'll be able to have together on this earth. But we need to be there. Don't miss any opportunity. Supper also means having communion with our God, listening to His word, having fellowship, and taking part in the Holy Communion. We are talking about life priorities taking over the priority of the kingdom of God. What are the life priorities? Think about this first one came and told the master, I have bought a piece of ground 
and I must go and see. Second one came and told, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I need to go and test them. And the third one came and told, I just got married. I want to be with my wife. I cannot come. Three things that we need, we need for our daily living. A place to build a house, probably. A lovely livelihood or a business. Thirdly, a wife. Who doesn't want a wife? All of us. Who doesn't want a husband? All of us. All those three things are really necessary necessities of life. Yes, they are very necessary. Is there anything wrong in buying a land? Is there anything wrong in buying a business? Is there anything wrong getting married? No, some of the churches preaches that too. You cannot have land on this earth. You have a hold. You cannot go to heaven. No, that's not, that's not right. That's wrong. Some of the churches preach about against buying business and doing business. You need to be careful about whom you partner. But God is able to bless you through your businesses. Some of the churches even talk about not getting married. Three things the Bible is talking about. And these three individuals came with the reason why they are not able to come for the supper. So there is nothing wrong. They, they need to go after these things which are necessary for their lives. But then what is the problem here? Why the master? Why God has to get angry when people say the excuses? Number one, when the necessities of life, listen to this. This is what God wants to speak to you this morning. When the necessities of life becomes an excuse for not meeting the kingdom priorities. Can you say that with me? When the necessities of life becomes an excuse for not meeting the kingdom priorities. You know, there are many things that are necessary for our living. But when our necessities become an excuse for not meeting the kingdom priorities. I'll talk about it very clearly as we go down. Not just one person doing this, verse 18 says, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. Not just one person coming and saying, they all made excuses. They all made excuses. So when the necessities of life becomes an excuse for not meeting the kingdom priorities, that's where the problem began. And what was kingdom priority? What are the kingdom priorities? Number one, coming for the supper. Coming for the supper. As I said, supper is the time of fellowship. Supper is the time of hearing the word of God. Supper is the time of having being united through Holy Communion with the Lord God. Kingdom priorities. You know, at times our kingdom priorities change. Your priority may not be my priority, but all of us have a kingdom priority. Then what else is the problem? We thought when the necessities of life became an excuse for not coming for the kingdom, not meeting the kingdom priorities, there is a problem. What else? They come to know all these three life priorities that they talk about were just new and fresh. He just bought that land. He just bought the yoke of oxen. He wanted to test. He just got married. 
All these three life priorities were new and fresh. They are interesting to explore. Can you say that with me? All these three life priorities. We are new and fresh. Interesting to explore. You know, some of us come to this land of Canada. And it's a vast land. It's very interesting to explore this land. Some of us newly get married. And it is very interesting to explore each other. Some of us would have got a job or maybe in a, in, in a new school program. It's very interesting. The topics are really good. I feel like studying on Sunday morning. Kingdom priorities. We are talking about kingdom priorities this morning. And all these life priorities were new and fresh. Very interesting to explore. But listen to this. When life priorities become more interesting than the word of God, than seeking God's presence, then there is a problem. When life's priorities become more interesting than seeking God's priorities, then there seems to be a problem. You know, that's how God works. You know, when we are not saved, God tells us, you need to give your life to Jesus. We think that's all we need. And we give our life to Jesus. But when we become children of God, God tells you, no, I want you to move far further. I want you to go further. That's not enough. I want you to get involved in the ministry. I want you to share the love of God. I want you to sing. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And if you don't do those things, it becomes a problem. When you do all these kind of things in your life, when God tells you at some point of time, it's enough. Whatever you have done on this world, it's enough. Now separate yourself for the work of God. You know, I'm speaking to you this morning. I'm not talking to somebody else. I'm just speaking to you. And God tells you, it's all enough. This is time that you need to come out of your job and get into the work of God. God tells you. You know, our God is a God who demands as you yield your lives more and more. The demand of God is so heavy on your lives. And that's what is going on here. And thirdly, I was trying to understand what is the problem there. There is no excuse when it comes to the matter of God. Can you say that with me? There is no excuse when it comes to the matter of God. Really, when it comes to the matter of God, there is no excuse. All three of these individuals, they asked for excuses. But did they, were they excused? Did they, got, did they get excused? Yes? No? No? They were not excused. It is true that they asked excuses. But for some reason they were not excused. At times we think, when we say excuses to God, we take it granted that you know, God accepts our excuses, but that's not true. That's not true. Their excuses were not accepted. And if their excuses would have been accepted, the supper would have got, listen to this, supper would have got cancelled exactly. But their excuses were not accepted. If their excuses were accepted, probably he would have said, I am postponing the supper to another day. But he did not do that. Their excuses were not accepted at all. You know, when it comes to the matter of God, listen to this this morning. When it comes to the work of God, if you say excuses, God is not going to wait for us. 
God is not going to wait for us. Remember this? The precious salvation that God brought to his own children, the Jewish people, it was rejected. God did not wait. God did not wait. He invited everybody, like you and me. The salvation became so acceptable, so, 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 so available for the Gentiles. God is not going to wait. Our excuses cannot stop God, really. Our unavailability cannot really stop God. You know, no matter what our excuses say, it may satisfy ourselves, but God is not going to wait. We are talking about our life priorities, taking over the priority of the kingdom of God. Now look at the alternate plan of the master. Verse 21 says, the master of the house became angry. Think about it in our excuses at times makes God angry. Our excuses makes God angry. The excuses never stop God from getting angry. The excuses they asked never allowed God to give them another chance. No. There was no other chance given for them. It's true that they asked for excuse, but God did not give a chance. The master did not give a chance to them. There are two measures taken by the master. Listen to this. Number one, measure one. Go quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed that's injured and the lame and blind. And blind. Who are they? They are the people who are living in the streets. They were not invited. They were not the invitees. But they are the people who are living in the streets. Who are they? They are the Gentiles. They are the Gentiles. They were not the original people of God. But they are Gentiles. Who are they? They are non-Christians. They are not believers. They are not believers. But now listen to this. He says, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring. Initially they were? Go ahead. Initially they were? Come on. Initially they were? Come on. Initially they were? Invited. But now this measure that the master is taking, go and bring. Go and bring the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Now that tells me today, if we are not available for the work of God, if we can say many excuses in the, fit, uh, the presence of God, God is going to bring some people who are living in the streets, the poor, the maimed, and the lame and the blind. You know, God is not really pleased in our appearance. God is looking for commitment. God is looking for commitment. God wants people who are committed for the cause. For the cause. God is not really pleased in knowing who we are. 
God at times is looking for our availability. Our availability. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. But God is not really pleased in our spiritual level. But God is pleased when we say, Lord, I am available for you. I believe this morning God is speaking to you. And that was the first measure he took. Second measure, go out in the highways and hedges and compel them. So first one was invited. Second one, bring. They were brought. And third one, compel them, force them. The master was made known, made aware that there are more rooms in the supper hall. And the master told the servant, go and cumble everybody, force everybody to get into the house. And verse says, the Bible verse says, cumble them to come in that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. Not inviting, not, not bringing, but compelling people to go. The scripture that came in my mind is Matthew eleven twelve. The time of the days of John the Baptist. Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I don't know whether you know the meaning of this verse or not. You know, we are living in a time where we are compelled to give priority to God. Listen to me. We are forced to give priority to God. We are compelled to give priority to God. You know, why do we say that you need to do this? If God has called you to do this, why do we say that we need to, we are, we are so, you are supposed to be available and this is what God wants you to do because it is forced. It is compelled. You know, at times, you know, we, we, I, 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 I tell you to do these certain things. I am forcing you to do certain things because, you know, I am forced to do certain things. God has not given that to us. That is an option in our hands. We are forced. We are forced to do the work of God. To do the work of God. The violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. Now, I, I was in need of help of a commentary there. Often I used to refer Matthew Henry's commentary. I like one of the commentaries I like. So this is what I could find in that commentary. Listen to this. I'm just going to read this. The violence denotes a strength and vigor and earnestness of desire and endeavor in those who followed John's ministry. Else they would not have come so far to attend upon it. It shows us also what fervency and zeal are required of all those who design to make heaven of their religion. Note, they who would enter into the kingdom of heaven must strive to enter. That kingdom suffers a holy violence. Self must be denied. The bent and bias, the frame and temper of the mind must be altered. There are hard sufferings to be undergone, a force to be put upon the corrupt nature. We must run and wrestle and fight and be in agony and all little enough to win such a prize. 
and to get over such opposition from without and from within. The violent take it by force. They who will have an interest in the great salvation are carried out towards it with a strong desire, will have it upon any terms, and not think them hard, nor quit their hold without a blessing. They who will make their calling and election sure must give diligence. The kingdom of heaven was never intended to indulge the ease of trifles. Means who take things easy? Who take things easy? Kingdom of God cannot be built with such people, but to be the rest of them that labor. It is a blessed sight, oh, that we could see a great number, not with an angry contention, trusting others out of the kingdom of heaven, but with a holy contention, trust, trusting themselves into the kingdom of heaven. You know what it means, what he says is, God is looking for such people who don't take things easy, who think, take things, the, the matter of kingdom of God, seriously. Who will not try to push people away from the kingdom of God, but instead they will try to push people into the kingdom of God. And why the master was telling? The master wanted his house to be filled. You know, God is not happy when we have empty chairs here. And as I used to say, Church is not for believers. If you did not hear me earlier, church is not for believers. If you think the church is for believers, we are wrong. Church is for unbelievers. Church is for those who are lost in the world. Jesus came to this world to save who are lost in the world. Save that which was lost. Jesus did not come for those who are healthy. Scripture. Those who are healthy, they don't need a physician. Jesus came for those who are unhealthy. If we don't have a one unbeliever, non-believer in our worship service, I believe the time that we are here is a waste. When we have such an empty chair, God is not happy about it. We cannot please God by all our dancing and worshiping. We need unbelievers to be here because only they need cross. Today, if you die, I die, we may go to heaven. But what about those who are living in the streets? And God wants his house to be filled. God expects, the master expects his house to be filled. And God is not looking at our outward appearance. God is not looking at our spiritual you know, levels. But God is looking at those who are available. Even if they are not available, if you can go out and bring them into the presence of God. If you can force somebody, open the door and push people inside. That's what is the expectation of the master. God is looking for social, those who are socially neglected. Whom we consider so low. You know, when we look at somebody with all tattoos and earrings hanging in, the, in their ears, we think that they are designed and made for hell. They are designed, determined, destined to go to hell. But that's not true. We look at the outward appearance. Listen to this. We look at the outward appearance. A man with a tattoo. A man with something hanging in his body. The soul inside him is so precious. We cannot neglect. We cannot neglect. There are people in this world around us today. God wants us to bring them into the presence of God because God 
wants his house to be filled. Matthew 20, 16. Bible says, Jesus said, So the last will be first, and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Do not neglect anybody. Do not neglect anybody. You know, churches are not teaching that right. Churches are talking about separation. It is true that you need to be separated from the sinful world. But church, Jesus never, ever asked us to stop loving somebody. Jesus was considered as the friend of sinners. Do you know that? He was sitting in the house of Pharisee. He was sitting with the woman who was, who was found in adultery, who was a prostitute, and Jesus was sitting with her. Sinner of, friend of a sinner. People who were keep saying excuses, they were losing their opportunity. God is going to replace them. And this morning it is a message to you. Stop saying excuses when the kingdom of work is about to begin. Stop saying excuses. I can hear your excuses, but God is not going to do. God is not going to accept your excuses. We need to stop saying excuses. Nothing can stop us. Always the kingdom work takes the priority. Always the kingdom work takes the priority. You know, we are called believers because we belong to the kingdom. And our king takes the priority. Nothing else. What was the result of that excuse, finally? Verse 24 says, For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. How painful it was. I thought those who were invited, they are the church members. I thought those who were invited, they are the congregation of the church. But then they all said excuses. And now the master says, none of them are going to enter into my supper. That means, even after getting saved, even after coming to church regularly, even after worshipping God, we can go to hell. If our priorities don't become the priority of the kingdom. God wants us to set our priorities right. It's not important how many hours you pray. Prayer is important. You know, being, living a holy life is important. Meditating the word of God is important. But what is the priority of God in your life? You need to understand the priority of God in your life. The reason why God chose you. The reason why God called you from that surroundings. Your family is still living not in the Christian way, not in the biblical way. But the reason why God pulled you out of that situation, there is a reason for that. If life priorities become more important than the priorities of God's work, we need to question our destiny. We are talking about our priorities deciding our destiny. People, those who were invited, they had a different priority. And they could not consider the kingdom priority higher than their own priorities. You know, today all of us have priorities in our lives. But Bible says, when there is a kingdom urgency, God wants us to keep our priorities aside. And God wants us to take the priority of the kingdom of God. And if you continue to say excuses in the God's matters, Verse 24 may come upon our lives. 
If we refuse and reject invitations God is sending to us to work in God's kingdom, I'm afraid that verse 24 may come upon our lives. If we continue to fail to be diligent to make our call, as 2 Peter says, make our call. You need to be sure to make your call an election sure. Once in a while you turn back and see the reason why God called you. We forget seldom. We often forget. Sorry. We often forget. But God wants you to think about the reason why God chose you. You need to make sure your call and election. The reason why God called you. And if you fail there, Luke chapter 4, 14 verse 24 may come upon our lives. Not only God can find somebody else to do the job. You know, God always finds somebody else. If you are not available, God will find someone else. We see this in this church. We see this in this ministry. God brings people from somewhere, from nowhere, and put them on the spot. They do the job. I don't need to be here. If I'm not available, God can find somebody else. God doesn't wait. Not only that, there is a punishment. If we don't set our priorities right, there is a punishment. That punishment is eternal. That punishment is eternal. And this morning I believe God wants us to set our priorities right so that our destiny is determined by what we do, the way we set our priorities. Shall we all stand for a moment? It's just an ordinary parable that Jesus spoke. But this parable is concerning the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, you and I are called already. We are within the kingdom of God. We are not outside of the kingdom of God. We are inside the kingdom of God. This morning, God wants us to know that there is a priority in your life and my life that always takes higher position than the priorities of our life. I want you to think about your priorities. Maybe your children. Maybe your job. Maybe your education. Maybe taking care of your health. Whatever may be the priority. But the word of God, the parable that I just read and I just understood, that tells me there is a higher priority than caring for your children. There is a higher priority than caring for your health. There is a higher priority than taking care of your own needs. This morning, God is telling you, church, God is telling you, church, your excuses are not acceptable to God. Your excuses are not acceptable to God. You think that you are doing the work of God, but God expects more. That's how our God works. When you think that, Lord, I have done my best, but God says, no, not yet. There are still better things you can do. You think that I have achieved certain things spiritually, but God says that is nothing. I have called you for something else. But you are satisfied with your spiritual excitement. I have not called you for that. I have called you for something else. The reason why I gave my life at the cross. The reason why I died. There are millions out there in the world. They are perishing. I remember the pain I was going through at the cross, the agony that I was going through at the cross. 
not just you come and enjoy in the presence of God. Who will care for those people, those who are living outside? Church, it is better to change our mindset. It is better to change our mindset. The days that we were enjoying in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it is good, but there are better things to do. There are better things to do and God is calling you for that. If the church is in the if the chairs in this church is empty, God makes us responsible, including myself. We are responsible. We are responsible. This morning God is asking us, what is your priority? Everything is necessity, necessary. Everything is important. But when it comes to the matter of God, when it comes to the matter of God, try giving priority to the work of God. That will bless you. If not in this world, eternally. Eternally. This world is passing. The life on this world is fleeting. But the eternity is lasting forever. God has called you for that. Don't just be satisfied. Just the life that you have on this earth. And this morning I believe God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. And it is your response to God. And it is your response this morning to Him. And to tell Him, Lord, I will alter my priority, Lord, for the heaven's sake. I will alter my priorities, Lord God, for your sake, Lord. Because I know that you gave your life for me at the cross. What else can be my priority today, oh God? I will alter my priorities, oh God, to do the kingdom work. This morning, if you believe, can you raise your hands and pray with me? If you believe, if God spoke to you, just raise your hands and pray with me this morning and tell God, Lord, I am willing, Lord. I am willing, Lord. I am willing, Lord. I am willing, Lord, this morning. I am willing, Lord. I am willing, Lord. I want to see your work being done, Lord. I don't want to see, Lord God, because of my excuse. I don't want to see any delay in the kingdom work, Lord, because of my health issue, Lord. I don't want to see any delay in the kingdom work, Lord, because the kingdom work is my priority. Can you say that with me this morning? Lord, kingdom work is my priority, Lord. Kingdom work is my priority, Lord. Hallelujah. Forgive me, O oh God, for setting my things, Lord, above than your priority. Lord, this morning, your work takes the ultimate priority, Lord. I want to be found in the supper of the Lamb. I want to be found in the marriage supper of the Lamb of God. This morning, that is important than the life on this earth. This morning, I believe God has spoken to you. I believe God has spoken to you this morning. Children of God, there is so much to be done in the coming year. And I believe God is preparing our hearts and minds this morning. Before we finish the end of this year, God is getting us ready for the coming year. There is so much work need to be done in the kingdom of God. There is so much sweat need to fall on the ground in the coming year in the kingdom of God. God has brought us together for a purpose. God has brought us together for a, for a purpose. And this morning, God wants you to be available for the kingdom priorities can you just go ahead and pray to him right now just pray to him right now and tell him lord help me help me help me lord to set your priorities 
higher than my priorities you know this morning god is honoring some of you standing here because your heart is broken because you have been thinking about it because you wanted to come out of it but this morning telling you god is telling you god is speaking to you that this is a time this is a confirmation that god has repeatedly told you that you you need to set god's priority higher than your priority in your living on this earth father we thank you for this morning we thank you for this morning lord thank you for teaching us lord from the parable we understand the heart of the master we realize the heart of the master he invested so much in that supper that was the broken body at the cross such a huge investment that was made at the cross the blood that was shed at the cross and there is a reason why he expects us to be available for his work the heart of the master the heart of the master this morning you may feel it is of it that you are getting forced to do the work of god yes you are getting forced to do the work of god i am getting compelled to do the work of god all of us all of us all of us god wants us to possess this land forcefully god wants us to possess the souls forcefully if you take things easy it's not going to happen we need to do it forcefully and i believe god is preparing your life in this church this morning father we thank you for pouring your heart in the midst of us we ask you that you would continue to speak to us lord we give you glory send all of us with your peace let this word echo during the entire week lord until we come into the presence of god next sunday we give you glory in jesus mighty name amen hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to pastor balance swaminathan at balance@hibm.org god bless you